Well, hey there, podcast listener. You're listening to Citizen Reporter. I'm Mark Fonseca Renderu. If this is your first time, man, did you miss a few things. No, uh, just kidding. Uh, but the podcast has existed since 2002. And hi to everybody who's been around since those days or, or who joined us a few years ago. A lot of you, I know, are wondering, where is Bicycle Mark? Or maybe you know. You know that over at uh, Source Code Berlin, you can find me. Sometimes on News of the World, although that one's also on vacation. What can you do? Podcasts, they, they come and go, and then they return, and then they go on break, and then things change, and then life happens, and no excuses. Here I am, citizen reporter, uh, back with another program, and in a new year. So, happy 2015. I know I'm the millionth person to say this to you, uh, but uh, one more, one more best wishes to you. As my listeners, it matters to me that you have a particularly good year. Not to say others don't deserve it, but uh, you, you and I, we have a thing here, this you listening. And so here we are at the beginning of a new year, but wait, we have to close out last year. I know you don't want a year in review show. That's not what I'm going to give you. As many of you know, Every year, I usually find my way to the CCC, the Hacker Congress in Germany, and today, I come to you with a recording from the latest edition, the 31C3, which took place in Hamburg, with two of my favorite guests, who you've heard before on this program, Kyle and Emmanuel, and we sat back on day three. It's a four-day event, and by day three, you're already done, you're tired, you're mumbling, so you may hear any... Well, some signs of that, uh, but you also have great observations to share from a very unique place that's really brought on some of the big changes in our world. That's right. This conference is where many world-impacting things do happen, uh, and, and that includes details about the technology that you use, the way you use it, but also journalism information, the information that gets out there, the world of leaks uh, has always existed, but the Congress has been particularly significant for for the technology and the the possibility to to share information to get things out. Oh, enough out of me. I'm just glad to turn on a mic and be able to talk to you. And I'm glad you're all still here. Uh, We may be a smaller group, but we are a proud group. And, you know, podcast fans, you know how it goes. People come and go, but hopefully they stick around. And I am sticking around. 2015, we're making a comeback. We're making some changes, some announcements coming up. I think I always say that, so let me not repeat myself. Let's get to Emmanuel and Kyle of 2600, of Off the Hook, of Off the Wall, in Hamburg, along with me, sitting back, looking at what is going on, what has been going on, and what is to come. Here we go. Something has come between us And no, it ain't what you think This ain't a case of infidelity Pushing me to the brain You're stuck inside a bedding more you're arguing You hardly even acknowledge my existence when you cradle your device. Blue teeth, strained eyes. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here at the CCH. 
Congress Center Hamburg. We have the perfect view to see people walking by, half smiling, half confused, half suspicious because there's a microphone. And if you've uh, been a listener of this program for the last few years, you know, if you look at your watch that tells you the date, that this is the date when we're usually at the Congress, the Hacker Congress, if you want to call it that, the uh, annual event where people from all over the world show up to uh, look at technology, test things out, discuss things, drink tea, shoot items through tubes, and who better to discuss this place uh, with us uh, to my right, so stereo sound would come in handy here, uh, we have Emmanuel Goldstein. Greetings. And to my left, we have Kyle. Hi, how's it going? Uh, guys, it's good to see you. And one of my favorite rituals is coming here um, so that we can hang out. I mean, there are other ways for us to hang out, but this is a good one. I guess also because the environment allows us lots of things to, new adventures and, and things to discuss. Um, you've been coming to these for a long time, although you haven't been to this venue until now. Uh, how's, it's such a big question. How is it going? Well, this is um, our first time at this venue in Hamburg. Uh, so it's kind of hectic and crazy because it's so huge, so many people. Uh, but it's been really amazing as far as just seeing all the interactions and all the uh, talks and, and experiments and demonstrations and things like that. So it's, it's a, a bit overwhelming, but it's amazing. Yeah, we had to really uh, be deliberate about um, orienting ourselves to the facility just so we could get around and go different places during this four-day event. Um, but I think we've got the hang of it, and uh, it's, it's a huge space, but I feel comfortable. Um, I'm familiar with it. I think I know where things are spatially, or at least I can find them without getting too lost. And, and as you're talking, a scary sound happens. Uh, what is that scary sound? Um, it is the Seidenstrasse uh, system, which is Silk Road, translated. And what it is is a, a reworking of your uh, traditional pneumatic tube system. I, I always think of the bank when I was a kid. You'd go to the bank and they'd stick messages or money in tubes and then we'd go get sucked out. Yeah, and apparently that goes all throughout the conference. But what I just noticed is something just passed us by, and it stopped right over there. Uh-oh. So what does that mean? Does that mean it's jammed now, and they're going to have to come and fix it? I imagine any second now, technical assistance shows up in a little tiny van or a golf cart. And uh, you got some people in hard hats that come and fix this. Well, then we're in the perfect place to watch, and uh, we should stay here until... Oh, oh, no, it's oh just... I, they must have pumped more air. Is that what they do? That's how they fix things around here. Pump, pump more air at it. Pump more air, yeah. Um, now, why do you guys continue to come to such events? Uh, what do you seek? Why do we come to these events? Uh, really to make, um, make sure we maintain a lot, of, um, a lot of relationships that we've built over the years, I think. Definitely, I think... E could talk about that, um, and uh, even in my short experience, I've made a lot of friends. And um, it's hard when you're really far away; you live in a different part of the world entirely. Um, there's lots of tools and stuff for keeping in touch, but nothing really replaces being able to hang out and um, meet face to face, work on stuff, share, and stuff like that. 
it's it's cool because we do an event too in New York every couple of years, and um, we we meet the people that help us with the event that might not actually make it to the event. Uh, we learn new things about how to put it together, to see the challenges that they go through, uh, and to sort of um, trade stories. And that's inspirational because next time we'll draw on some of that to build something of ours. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, Kyle, for instance, uh, built our, our network last time. We got 10 gigabit. Before that, we had, uh, what was it, 50 megabit or 500 megabit? Which was it? 50. So to go that order of magnitude up is a huge, huge step. And it was done with the help of people who set up the network here. These conversations are really, really important because we learn from them, they learn from us, and we build communities based on all these different stories. Yeah, we really did have a lot of offsite help too. I mean, I, I really was an instigator and really wrangled and tried to get the right people talking, but it it came down to a lot of work, and even the people that I had on hand that were skilled enough to do a lot of this stuff, they needed help, and so they reached out to a lot of their connections. Uh, and it's through that that you kind of have to look back when you are here and, and appreciate, wow, you know, I heard that such and such helped out with this and that when we were trying to do this, and it's, you know, they were 3,000 miles away, and it was 4 in the morning or whatever, but we wouldn't have had X without that, uh, and so on. So... That's one real impetus. Uh, also staying abreast of like what is going on. What do people think in this community? And that goes from all the like side things that we see when we walk around, little projects, little kits, little new devices, new technologies, um, projects, groups, people doing various things that are related or not or, or just interesting. Um, but also the talks and the content like the um the kind of litmus for what's going on in technology in the computing world in even the mainstream because we've really i think come to grips and and are uh, accepting that it is um a totally different world and we're pretty mainstream now as like a hacker community and also um, pretty independent too. I mean, this isn't a terribly corporate event, that kind of thing. But you have the spectrum of that spectrum of that in the security community. So we have, I think, inner turmoil. We have a lot of social issues now. You have a lot of political issues because technology and politics, whether I'm not talking about e-voting, I'm talking about just how things actually get done really do rely on it. Um, and you're finding more and more legislation and more and more government is about technology and how we use it and how we access it. Um, and of course, the uh, real uh, illustrative uh, illustration of that is in the uh, the discourse about surveillance and what is going on with our network traffic and and the unavoidable um, routing of of our traffic across networks that basically want to copy everything we're saying and doing. And if you've ever been in grade school or stood around somebody that was mimicking you, you know, copying everything you say, it's annoying. And I think that's the uh, short and polite version of expressing how people feel. We're a little annoyed that everything we do and say on the networks is unavoidably being copied. 
I think one of the things that also happens here is people are annoyed not only for the for those of us who are here, right? Lots of people here would prefer that their conversations or their images are not being copied or monitored. But what I think is also happening here, which is interesting, is some are trying to speak for those who don't know about this stuff. I'm thinking here of surveillance. Uh, there are people here who, tr who are trying to take action or expose things that for the non-technical person would also matter. Uh, so I'm thinking here of everything from your, of course, your banking, which is, you know, online for the most part now, but also your conversations with whomever, someone you're doing business with to someone that's in your family, um, or maybe both if they intersect. There's a lot of people here trying to protect or get involved there and point out what's wrong with these systems, even if you don't understand how they work, uh, which I think is very interesting. Again, this merger between what we do here and the world out there. Um, but what do you think of, you know, is it a good thing that, that this world become more connected to the world out there? Because I think it is, the mainstreaming, as Kyle said. Yeah, it absolutely is a good thing to have that because it, 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 it shows how important this community is to the future of our democratic systems. Um, we understand what's going on. We're helping expose what's going on. Uh, and we find that year after year, the relevance just does not go away. You know, we had WikiLeaks happen a, a bunch of years ago. We had the Manning revelations. And now we've got Edward Snowden. And it's all tied into the hacker world in one way or another. And we have all kinds of experts and, and um, and, and people who are very intimately familiar with these things um, speaking at these conferences that are open to the public, that are streamed to the world. And I think many people out there, instead of subscribing to the mainstream media definition of what a hacker is, namely somebody who steals their identity and threatens them with all kinds of, 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 um, of compromises if they don't do certain things like the whole North Korean film situation uh, is just one example of how the media gets it wrong. When they see people at events like this actually having constructive conversations, coming up with solutions, explaining things to anybody who wants to hear the explanation, that's when they get a taste of what a hacker is really all about. And that's our best opportunity to make a dent in, in the mainstream and to also help to, uh, to steer us back into a positive direction. Another interesting phenomenon here for me, and you guys have gotten to see this, you especially, Emmanuel, over the years here, um, going back how many years now at this event? Uh, well, gosh, uh, I've been to a number of them, but not always in a row. This is my first time here in, in several years, and I've never been actually at this venue before, um, but probably I've been to maybe seven, seven of these things, maybe eight, mm -hmm. something like that. Um, one interesting thing is, and I think in all aspects in life, especially those of us who worry about what's happening in our communities, in our world, you often have that syndrome where you think, well, I am just one person. And, you know, I, I see it in my travels most recently in Russia, for example. People say, oh, well, the government, what the government is doing and does, I can't control that. I'm small. I don't have the power. They're the elites, right? And what's interesting about this event that I've seen happen and it's so surreal and hard to communicate is um, people do reach that level of a government threaten or, or help or, or whatever. You know, over the years, uh, things like Snowden have touched this community directly. Um, 
you know, Julian Assange was our, our co-speaker here for many years in person, a guy you could just sit with and talk to, which now doesn't even seem real because of the way uh, he is on this global scene in the media. Um, so this event is always one of the, the occasions where I realize, as hard as it is for probably for someone listening right now, I realize how easily, or at least how possible it is, for what you do as an individual, no matter how small you think you are, to connect with the powerful. Or either, you know, I don't want to say threaten, you could be a threat, but also just to be at that level in terms of the ability to change things. Uh, which is amazing and, and I think really hard to process. I think a lot of people, even who have been here for years, don't even believe it. Uh, or definitely people outside don't believe it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's incredible to me how it just keeps remaining relevant. You know, when we started back in the 80s, uh, it was, people were saying the hacker world is not the same. Things aren't, you know, things are not um, going to go this way forever. Eventually people are just going to, you know, forget about hackers and it's not going to be a field that's even necessary. And we see that as long as there are cover-ups, as long as there are... Um, um, controversial issues involving technology, and that is always going to be the case. Uh, hackers are going to serve a very vital purpose. I think there's a, a big change. It, I, I remember a time when the media didn't get it. Like, they didn't talk about computers. You, you, something would be, like, leaked on the Internet, and, like, they would not know how to talk about the Internet. It wasn't a thing <laughs> that they could talk about. And they acted as though, and their, their audiences didn't use it. It was still a hard thing to find. And there was a time when it was like, it, it was like you were in the know and you actually knew that things happened on the internet, right? And I think the people that wanted to know more and stay in touch with that would you, consume media that spoke about it and spoke intelligently about it. And it's been this like delay that they catch up. And so what I think is going on is a lot of the people that are involved with these kinds of events in the community tend to understand it a little bit deeper because they've been following it longer than the mainstream. And so now that the, um, the media is actually comfortable talking about it, but now it's like, well, let's talk about it in the context of how the government might regulate it or let's you know, paint these glowing pictures of, of, of how they're using technology to fight terrorists. Um, we know what that is. It's spin. It's it's BS. And uh, and what this community is is understanding is they have a role in interpreting the way the media gets it wrong. It's it's also impressive. Um, there was a time here where um, media or journalist these kind of terms you you would f you would be able to count them on your hands how many journalists would hear at least publicly. And now I sit in circles in different corners of this massive building and there's a circle of 10 journalists that I've never met uh, from different countries, uh, especially North America. I've never seen so many journalists from North America here. Obviously, something's going on in North America where journalists are especially concerned and trying to get active uh, beyond just doing reporting, but how they do reporting. Um, but it's impressive how journalists have a major place in this I don't even know if we should call it a community because it's many communities, but the journalist has uh, a new place in, in this hacker event. Yeah, and that's a good thing. I know a lot of people are suspicious of, of journalists and of the, the, the press in general, and I understand that. I understand why that's the case. 
they've gotten it wrong many times, they've screwed us over many times, but that doesn't mean you give up, that doesn't mean that you assume the worst of everybody because there's that one in a hundred, maybe one in a thousand journalists that will really do an amazing job, wake up a ton of people and move us forward. And once we give up thinking that's possible, we're moving ourselves backwards. So we need to be, I think, a little bit more welcoming, even to people that are probably not going to get it, mm -hmm. because there will be somebody in there that does get it, and that's an immeasurable benefit. Do you find there's room for disagreement in this community? Because a lot of you know subcultures and, and uh, believe in like some basic things. You can make a list of them, uh, and if you're not with it, you're out or you're judged. Yeah, no, that's nonsense. Of course, there's room for disagreement on everything, and hackers disagree on all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. But where it hurts us is if we're, we basically have all these conflicting ways of doing things, which makes it harder to do the things, uh, encryption being one of them, for instance. Um, until we are able to unify on that and make something that is easy to use and transparent and able to be applied to all different platforms, uh, it's going to be a constant game of, you know, this is better than that, this will work if you do it this way but not that way, and the average person, I know people here get it and they understand it and they're, they're passionate about it, but what we have to understand is that the average person will never be any of those things, and if we don't make it something that they can immediately grasp and which remains effective, um, we're basically sacrificing something so that we can say that we're right about what ultimately will be a small point. <laughs> there are big points, big issues that need to be conquered. And that means a team effort. That means putting aside differences, coming to, to some sort of an understanding, and, um, and, and moving forward to get it done because no one else is going to do it. No one else is going to take the interest that we have uh, even if they know how to do it, it doesn't benefit them to have a solution like that. Uh, whereas hackers understand privacy, they understand the technology, they understand what needs to be done. Yeah, I've had moments, uh, and of course my own insecurities lie in there somewhere, but where there'll be a talk about security in, in how you communicate, protecting sources, which has become a huge issue here, has always been a huge issue in the, our world, but now it's here in a big way. But um, people will talk about different encryption programs and when they speak they'll say if you use that you're an idiot or maybe they don't say idiot but they'll imply what is wrong with you and I understand uh, you know when people do dumb things uh, in the open or, or with careless what seems to be careless what I'm always sitting there thinking is well, hang on <laughs> I wasn't trying to be an idiot I didn't know what you know and, and that's always a hard thing here when people are so intelligent and know so much about how to do something in a secure way, in a better way. Sometimes people like me show up and maybe misinterpret their, their confidence and their knowledge with a bit of an insult, you know, a bit of a separating me from them. And, and that's where I, I have difficulties here. There's, there's a lot of intolerance, even among the most tolerant people mm -hmm. in the world. And um, the hacker world is no exception to that. Um, there are many of us who see things in a particular way, and we insist that others see it in that same way. And no matter how right you happen to be, that's not a good way to get new people 
to listen and to be enthused and to come up with something better. Uh, you need to be open to the dialogue, especially the dialogue you don't agree with, especially the dialogue that you think needs some tweaking and, and adjustment, because it's only when you are explaining why that is important, when you're arguing for your position, that's when your position will resonate. But not just because you say so, not just because you're somebody with a name or title or following, you know, it's, it's, it's because this is something that um, you believe in and you hope other people will believe in it too. But you know what? Maybe you're wrong. Maybe somebody will come up with something better and we have to be big enough to admit that. And we also have to be big enough to compromise and do things that we think we can do better, but you know what? This is good enough. This will get us at least to the next step. There's always room for innovation. There's always room for improvement. What there isn't room for is the disagreement that keeps us from moving ahead, that keeps things insecure and unencrypted. That needs to change. Yeah, and, and there, as you very well mentioned, you know, this happens in different communities. We have that in the mainstream world. This growing inability, if I, I think it's growing, of people unable to speak with or listen to people they disagree with. The internet has inadvertently enabled us in that process. But television was already well there, right? You stick to a certain channel that fits your beliefs. And anyone who's outside of that, you either shun or you make fun of. And, and when we get there, I think, as you said, it becomes very hard to move forward and do something positive. Um, let me ask you guys something else. You're involved, as you mentioned, with Hope, um, an event that I find uh, has a lot to do with this event, very similar. Uh, I often think of it as the, the U.S. version of what we have right here. And one of my concerns in life with everything I do is scale, right? As things become less, I love the personal. As things become less personal, I always worry. Um, you're looking around, as you said, getting inspired, keeping up the connections. W what do you think for yourselves, for your event, when it comes to growth? Um, how do you approach that? What, you know, what do you keep in mind? What policies do you have in mind? How do you want to navigate that possibility of growth? Very carefully. Uh, it's, it's a tricky thing. There's a lot of a lot of variables and a lot of really um, um, kind of scary things for us to approach, just like cost and, and different things like that. But um, uh, last event was what? More or less, how many people? Uh, like twenty seven hundred, almost three thousand. Yeah. So we're kind of there. Where we we had a lot of like really good um, talks and a lot of attention and excitement, which were good problems for us this time. And um, you know, it's on our mind. We we've we've had some issues just historically with the the venue changing um, there in in Manhattan. But it would be really hard to replicate that. It just wouldn't be the same event. And that's I think where we're at entirely. Uh, the 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 event has always been at the hotel, and um, for us, a change like that would be a, a real big one. Yeah, I mean, there, there are different types of growth. It's not just about the numbers. We've grown tremendously in what we present and in, in, in what is featured at our conferences. Um, our, our attendees have grown tremendously since we started doing this. We now have the most diverse, intelligent group of people that... I've ever seen come together under one roof. 
um, yeah, we can get more people. We can get a huge venue. I'm not necessarily convinced that's the best way to grow. Um, sometimes you need to just do the best you can with a particular, within a particular set of parameters. Um, and in our case, I'm, I'm comfortable with the parameters that we have right now. Uh, maybe we can find a bigger place and, and, and move into something that can accommodate much more people, but that's no guarantee that that's going to improve your, your actual presentation. And that's got to remain the priority, is to have something that is a quality presentation, uh, that's inclusive, that has variety. Um, if we can be convinced that that won't be affected by having you know, more thousands of people milling through our hallways, then sure, you know, there's no reason for us not to, um, uh, not to welcome more people in. Um, but it's, um, it's a challenge. Like Kyle said, it's, a, it's, it's something you have to do carefully and, and, and thoughtfully. And of course, as they've had for some years, thankfully we do have these tools. Uh, there are, I don't know what kind of numbers, but huge amounts of people following what happens here via stream, streaming. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, many of the people are in this very building watching streams instead of sitting in the room. Uh, and of course, there are people all over the world doing this. And this enables the event to be shared. No, it's not the same if you're not there in person, but it can still be very rewarding. So there I see also that there's room to share this thing, to increase its reach without having to cram everyone into a building um, and, and just having to accommodate this much. In terms of resources also, this costs a lot of resources to produce. And, uh, you know, it's that old classic thing. We do good here, but we also uh, take up some space and some energy and we make a bit of a mess, although we clean it up quite well. Yeah, I, I think uh, here at CCC, that, that, that is something that is done better than any place else. Um, and I don't think they have sacrificed anything in growing to the extent that they did uh, because they have this natural ability to make it work. Um, so we come over year after year and we try to figure out how they do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes we get some answers, but mostly we just get more mystery as to mm -hmm. how they pull these things off. Uh, and you know what? I like the mystery. I like the fact that there are some things I may never understand uh, and this, this, this could easily be one of them. Um, but again, you know, it's a big world. There are all kinds of different ways of doing things. And uh, what works here may not work in America, right. may not work in other countries, but what we do or what other countries do is something that maybe is looked at here as a possible way of changing something else. Yeah, I had a conversation with the guys who are planning the next Dutch camp, which if anyone's keeping score would be in three years, or give or take. And um, one of their general questions after last camp, you, you may remember recordings from there, uh, was that, you know, in terms of volunteers, things didn't go smoothly. Garbage didn't get taken out on time. Um, people didn't get shown the right way to things. And when they look here, they say, you know, how can we... Volunteers work quite well here, very efficient, very well organized. Things get done and everyone's still having a good time, even the volunteers. So they're wondering what it is they could take away. Again, going back to a little bit what you were saying, when you look at the event, you're getting inspiration, you're getting ideas. Um, and it's interesting, like you say, some stuff is inexplicable. Um, I could try culture or subculture, right? Hackers, Germany, you know, very specific. But in the end, so much of it is hard to explain and, and exactly like you say, simply is for here, now, and not necessarily applicable somewhere else. Um, yeah. 
It's also just exhausting, isn't it? You guys, I, everyone listening, I mean, the guys are sitting to either side of me and they're tired. Uh, although still watching things going on around them. I've not enough. I've not enough twice already. But you know, it's we haven't had a, you know a full night's sleep since we got here. But we never expected to. It's it, the the adrenaline rush here, even without the club mate, is something that you know it, it's hard to defeat. It, yeah. You just find the energy to keep going somehow. I've heard you occasionally say, "No, no, no tonight, not going to stay late," and then. Before you know it, it's late and you're still here. Well, yeah, it depends how you define late, I guess. Three o'clock in the morning to me isn't late, but um, maybe it should have been. Yeah, that was, that was like an early night. <laughs> Three o'clock in the morning, yeah. I was like marveling. Oh, that's good, man. Really early, huh? Oh, yeah, isn't that also a key difference? Uh, you tell me because I never stayed late enough as a New Jerseyan. Uh, at Hope, do p- people go home at the end of the day, right? Uh, or do they stay all night? I don't... Wait, you're kidding, really? You've never... Stayed late? No. <sighs> Yeah, it's always sad when people from New Jersey seem to think that they can't stay in Manhattan past a certain time. I mean, it's good for some reasons. It's a fairy tale thing. Uh, many New Yorkers rejoice at this, and that's when the real parties begin. But no, it's for hope around the clock, all weekend long. And there are people who don't get any sleep for the whole weekend, too. I'm talking from Friday morning until late Sunday night, no sleep. Um, there's so much to see, so much to do. And you have to go all night, or you're just not going to even make a dent in any of the things you want to try. Oh, so I get to learn that there are things happening after I leave. I, I had a feeling the world doesn't start and stop in my presence. Uh, well, guys, uh, we still have, or you still have another whole day here at the, uh, and a whole night, really, because it's not midnight yet. Uh, I hope you do continue to enjoy, and um, as always, it's a pleasure to see you. Uh, people can also hear some of your recordings. Uh, they can probably go to 2600.com. Uh, or you can subscribe to Off the Hook, Off the Wall. You'll definitely hear a program from here. Um, and we look forward to lots of things, including our next meetup. Uh, hope, looking down further down the road. And, uh, yeah, good to see you guys. As with you. <laughs> yeah, good talk. And um, be well, and uh, we'll do this again, absolutely. All right. Bye-bye. final notes today. Uh, I don't know if you noticed the, the music. I've used this track before, uh, Cradle Your Device, which is by Tom Brousseau, my friend, who has this great album, Grass Punks. But this song, Cradle Your Device, is totally, I think he's made a song for our generation or our era. Uh, but you, you'd have to listen in. I recommend the album, Grass Punks, Tom Brousseau. There'll be a link on the show notes. And going back to today's program, this conversation you just listened to, as you know, you know, Emmanuel, Kyle, we catch up at least once a year here in Amsterdam, there in New York, uh, in, in Germany somewhere. And it's a great tradition. And that's, that's something I love both about this program, having them come on and getting to hear from people again and again as they change, as life changes, as the world continues to change around us. I mean, here I am, January 17th, 2015. You must have some inkling to the things that have been going on, whether it's here in Europe, whether it's uh, on the continent of Africa, in Asia, in North America. There's there's so many things, some people would say, disappointing, because there are those things. And there are some things that are 
I don't know, exciting, nice. There are nice things that happen uh, in your own life, hopefully. And there are, of course, tragic things. Uh, so that's, that's our life. That's our world. And sometimes it may seem like it's completely out of balance. Um, and, and, and I'm not saying that it isn't. But I'm glad that at least we have podcasts and some forums where people meet in person. And if they can't meet in person, like we're doing right now, you and I, we meet via this audio file. And uh, I've enjoyed over the last few months so many things. Uh, and I guess I'll have to do more programs to talk about it. But, you know, some of my favorite all-time podcasters and people uh, I'm still listening to uh, Yeast Radio. Madge Weinstein just had a 10-year anniversary. It was a simple, sentimental, and, and great program. Uh, and, and how else do you spend the 10-year anniversary, really? I mean, a, a giant blowout and a podcast, that probably wouldn't work. So that, that's a show I can recommend, and I just wanted to say I really enjoyed that anniversary. Uh, and meantime, you know, I continue listening to Dawn and Drew, another a pair of old friends who are still going, not just with their program, but with their yearly meetups, uh, Donna Pedruza, which I've still not been to, and I know many of you know of it and have gone. Uh, But there's just two programs that come to mind. Um, Frank Nora, uh, the Overnightscape, who's been, uh, I've been on his program, I think he's been on this program. He's over there in New York, still doing his program almost every other day at this point. And it's been going for more than 10 years. It's amazing. Uh, You know, there's journalism, there's news, there's information. That's important. It's important to me and probably to you. But there's also the sharing of life and ideas and experiences, um, which I think also teaches us a lot and, and and, and that's that has value. This still has value, I believe. Um, good. Okay. This has become like an affirmation. I hope you're all well. Uh, as always, the website, citizenreporter.org. There is going to be uh, things going on. There will be content. And this program will carry on uh, well into this year, into something else even. Something else is coming. A uh, little foreshadowing. It'll be a podcast. <laughs> it'll be me, but it'll be different. And um, that's just to to sort of evolve, uh, to m- further reflect where I'm at in my mind and in my ideas, and hopefully in my craft, because this is some kind of a craft. I don't know exactly what kind, but it is. And I'd love to hear from you in comments. Of course, we know, as I still write on my website, uh, content leave um, comment leaving is a dying art. So if you are brave enough to leave a comment, you are a rare human. You are a rare bird in this forest of ours. So by all means, do that. Um, If it has to be via Twitter or Facebook, that's also fine. Those are places. Uh, But the website is always a good place to do it. All right. Well, until next time, I'm Mark Fonseca Renderu. Thanks for listening. Do subscribe. And if you're already subscribed, thank you so much for doing so. And a reminder... Sourcecode.berlin is a podcast twice monthly that I'm doing in association with Wikimedia Germany. It's in English. It's about interesting people doing interesting projects somewhere in the area of Berlin. And uh, that's where you can find me if you want more content with uh, my brand on it, my hand print or whatever it's called. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. I'll catch you again very soon. See ya. See ya. Sentiment setting in dark and hardens bitumen Metal toys, razor bibs, blue babes in the cribs Clothes of mine she used to wear Tokens I won at the fair Coils of hers in the bed Only's love when you got breath Love 
Don't ask him about a parrot, you know, lots of these kind of things. And then one person wrote, your comment just shows how ignorant you are about the great things he has done. And I responded, you are so right and I am so wrong. And that's it. That was my response. <laughs> no fight. Um, but, yeah, I fear his, Wait, his followers. Well, you didn't even identify who he was. That's you right. That's right. You. Yeah, and I didn't say anything bad about him. How although they I, know who you were talking about?